I just received a text from our good friend Tim. He wanted us to know that when he was 10 years old and he had first heard what he refers to as the limpid synth keys of a Richard Marx song piping through his K-Light FM, Tim says he was led in the worst direction. And that direction was to believe that pure-hearted longing was a worthy emotion. Ah, Tim, we're here for you. And we want you to know that pure-hearted longing is a worthy emotion. This podcast is made not only for the believers, but the doubters too. We will restore your faith in pure-hearted longing, one song at a time. Welcome to Bill and Frank's Guilt-Free Pleasures. Frank, I appreciate you letting us do today's episode. I know you're not convinced this is a guilt-free pleasure for you, so this is um, a real, real big move by you to allow me to bring this song to the table. Well, I'm a, I'm a big person. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a selfless person. Is, is, is what I'm trying to, trying to say here. Is I, uh, um, I'm willing to do things for other people uh, if it makes them happy. You should uh, wow. You should see how some of my dates have gone. Well, here, I'm going to open with a tweet from Richard Marks, and um, maybe this, this single tweet might win you over. It's from February 4th, 2019. Okay. okay. He says, went to the dentist today. My teeth are fine. I just wanted to hear some of my songs. Okay, that's a that's a pretty fantastic tweet. That's, that's, that's amazing. And I'm not saying that Richard Marks isn't a guilt-free pleasure, but this song by him, I'm, I'm just not a hundred percent sold on. Um, but, but wow, you can tell that man's a father. There <laughs> he is. Uh, our song is endless summer nights by Richard Marks. And it's his first AC hit of his career. He was previously known as a rocker. Now, of course, this is off his first record. So it's the third single, not the first single. This is the third single off of his debut album. And his first two were rockers. So the one, um, I wish I, uh, the, the one is uh, Should Have Known Better. Do you know what the other one was, Frank? I, off the top, I read what it was, but I, I can't remember off the top of my head. If I look on Wikipedia, I bet you I can find it real quick. Yeah, me too. I'm not doing that right now. I'm just bringing that up in my head. I'm not totally looking right now online to find out what it is. <laughs> Don't mean nothing. Bit of a bit of a bluesy one. Don't mean nothing. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I think I remember that song now. And do you do remember Should've Known Better? Yes, yes. Should've yes. Known Better. Yeah. yeah okay. And then uh, that was eventually followed up by Hold On to the Night, which is... Uh, I, yeah, I that was single was a, number four. Yeah, that was a really big one for him, too. So that was... Uh, that was um, a big one, yes. Yeah. And uh, the album that it came off of the, actually has some notoriety 
It has uh, three number one hits in the first four singles. It was the first male artist uh, uh, to do this uh, from from a debut album. The very uh, the first female artist to do this was Whitney Houston. Right. I mean, he had a string of his. I think his first. I don't know if his ten or maybe ten singles all went to the top five or something like that. Yeah, which is yeah, incredible. Like that. He had quite is- a run. And really, the run is about two to three albums, and that's kind of it in terms of like pop culture. Uh, superstardom and then he's you know since then it's he still records music he's still good but i mean in terms of his time in the uh cultural uh what do they call it zenith is that the word yeah his 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 endless summer night right that's his summer night ended yeah i I, yeah i I think he can say so after after three (laughs) albums that's that's one long summer night so, uh, Frank, what what is it about this song that's not winning you over like it won over me? Did did you not listen to it when you were um, twelve years old? Oh no, I, I listened to it, and I think I remember enjoying it at, at the time. I just I, I can't look back at it as fondly as uh, as other artists that we've uh, that we've explored uh, the Michael Boltons of the world, the uh, Peter Cetera's, and so on. Right. And again, I'm not saying that Richard Marks isn't a fantastic talent in in and of himself a guilt-free pleasure. It's just this song never really grabbed me the way that okay. uh, uh, other songs do. I, I find it opens up right off the hop with a contradiction in the lyrics, and right up, right from there, you're like that's that's a that's a false start, or you tripped at the beginning here. Like this is a yeah, this uh, this isn't a good sign. Oh boy. Well, hey, why don't we go there then, Frank? I'll, uh, they, that opening line: "Summer came and left without a warning. All at once, I looked and you were gone." And uh, now you're the, looking is there a back contradiction at. Or is that like... No, that's that. It's the next line. <laughs> All at once, I looked and you were gone, and now you're looking back at me. Well, if she's gone, how is she looking back at him? How does he know if he can't see her? Frank, you know I'm all about the narrative framework of these uh, songs, so let's uh, let's let's do a deep dive here grammatically. Uh, the first two lines, past tense, and the third line is present. I think it's present perfect. And now you're looking. Now you are looking back at me. But yeah, previous line was all at once. I looked and you were gone. So we have a time shift going on here. Yeah, so are they back together now? Is that what is that what's happening? No, this no. The, so here's what's here's the deal. I still don't like it. Okay, <laughs> okay. Tell me, tell me what your deal like, is. I right. still don't like it. <laughs> all right, okay. Here's the deal. I um I had this dream of doing this because I had this vision of us doing a summer song series, but this is actually a winter song. It's not a summer song at all because it takes place in the winter time. And he's looking back on the summer. Mm-hmm. So the first two lines are looking back on summer. And the next two lines is that he's with, that he's somehow got back. They're not back together, but he's looking at the girl who he once had this thing in the summer with. And he's trying to, trying to call to say, just give me a chance. Give me another chance. This is actually what, where the song sits. 
So he's he's looking back at the summer, but she's looking at him right now, so they're in the present. Now, the video, of course, doesn't play out this way at all, but um, this is where we're we're at with this. And that's okay. why I, tw- I think the last thing he says is, oh, no, he doesn't. I'm just looking. He says, um, we can have it all again. Say that you'll be with me when the sun brings your heart to mine. Okay, Frank, go ahead. Yeah, okay. Do so you like it now? Did no. I win you over? <laughs> so so that that that's the deal. I reject your deal and counter with a with my own that the song isn't mm-hmm. as good as you think it is. That's my counter. Oh, wow. Wow, okay. Wow. Okay. Well, I had this when I played it for um Ashley in the car. Mm-hmm. I played it for myself really but Ashley's like what's that? What is that? Is that your new cheesy song? And like what what and she said it's because it opens with that gorgeous saxophone line and she's like oh what is this that's what she started but by the end of the song so about two minutes into it she said oh what do you listen to now and i said it's the same song so i like this a lot better so this is (laughs) it's the same so for her she she wrote it off at the beginning in the same way as someone else who I'm talking to right now also did, but then was won back by the end. I believe you did say that the end of it was redeemable. There, there are redeeming qualities of, of this song, and w- you alluded to it uh, at the 320 mark. In around the 320 mark, mm-hmm. we get this beautiful, self-indulgent sax solo, which is just fantastic. It checks every single box for me. It's like, Sax solo. Well, that's really the only box that uh, that, that that needs checking for me. But uh, that's right. This check, but, checks every box. Single, uh, <laughs> single box. Well, that in and of itself is every box, right? So I mean, uh, right, exactly. So yeah. who, who's learning grammar now, Bill? Um, yeah, that that you you turned my own sword on me. <laughs> but uh, no, that sax solo was just just amazing. I, I would skip ahead to to that sort of musical interlude, that musical bridge there, and I would just listen to that over and over again, and that would be a a guilt-free pleasure, for sure. Okay, well, you know what? I think we really made some headway here. So we're, I'd say we're literally almost halfway there, or we're we're a third of the way there to winning you over, which is great. So I am, I was pretty excited with some research I did on the sax solo because I heard it. And then, uh, well, I decided to watch a couple of his uh, live versions of it. So maybe four or five different versions of this. Yeah. And I was watching the sax player. And I listened to it, I'm like, oh, this sounds, that ending sounds really, really familiar. And, and then it came to me that on this track, that sax solo reminds me of St. Elmo's Fire. Remember the okay. love theme from St. Elmo's yeah, Fire? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I thought to myself, what if it's the same sax player 
as the guy who played sax on St. Elmo's Fire, because that guy must be huge, must be super famous. So I looked up on Endless Summer Nights to look at the personnel, and the guy's name is David Baroff. Okay. And he played sax on, on this. But he didn't have, his name wasn't in blue. So Wikipedia doesn't even have an entry for him. So I thought, oh, shoot, I, I must have the wrong guy. So then I went and looked up St. Elmo's Fire, and sax played by David Baroff, same guy. Oh, wow. He's got no page. I went and looked, I found a Facebook page talking about him, but he played a lot of the major sax parts in the 80s. So, okay. so this is where that song links. So that, that, that's a huge player. And so Richard Marks talked a lot about how um, he got rejected all the time. Like that, he'd put out these, he, Endless Summer Nights was a demo. They'd say, mm-hmm. there's no hit here. There's no hit. All, and he said he, he got rejected by everybody. But he, you know, in his story, he kept fighting to, to get in. But at the same time, he wasn't without um, any resources. So on the actual uh, demo of this song, David Foster plays synth bass. So on the demo that he wrote sometime in the mid 80s, David, he, and he's not, he doesn't have a record contract, but David Foster is playing for him. That must be how he got this sax player involved in this too. Okay. So oh. Richard Marks, despite the, like the story of Richard Marks is he kind of fought his way through, which is true. But at the same time, Lionel Richie was the one who told him to come to LA said he couldn't promise him anything, but you should come to L.A. and, and oh, try right. your hand. Yeah, because he was a backup singer for, for quite some time as well, right? Like uh, Richard Marks was. He that's, was. That's how we got his start. Uh, backup singer and songwriter. Yeah, and he was a backup singer for Lionel Richie's All Night Long. Mm-hmm. And he was dating Cynthia Rhodes, I think by this point, or he's just about to. And she's mm-hmm. the one who had the abortion and Dirty Dancing. The, the, the Oh, okay. Oh, she's dancer. she was the, uh, okay. Yeah, they were married for 25 years, too. Yeah, I was going to say, they, they got married, too, right? Yeah, and he wrote a lot of those love songs for them. Yeah, well, this this one was uh, inspired by a trip that they took to Hawaii, If uh, if again, if the interweb isn't lying to me. Yes, you are correct. And he wanted to do the video in Hawaii, but the record company said it was too expensive, so they went to L.A. They they went to L.A. and, and filmed it in a stage lot bar. But uh, that actually brings up one of the other redeeming qualities of this song is there's a part in the video. You'll have to watch the video to, to understand it. Well, there's really not much to understand. He's he's at a bar singing, pining over this girl. There, there's a scene where there's an old man at the bar and he drops two Alka-Seltzer tablets into his drink. There's a transition shot from overhead shot of uh, Richard Marks and, and the girl that he's with over in their endless summer nights doing donuts in this open field because... You know, the glass was round that the Alka-Seltzer went into, and the donuts that they did in the car were round, which I thought was just a stroke of absolute brilliance. I'm with you. I think the video is great. And they kept coming back to that rimming the glass with the car. Yeah. And yeah. it was it was perfect. Yeah. That that video is really good. I realized at the same time I've I've conflated. I think that's is that the word where you bring two things together? Um that I thought I, I, I keep think thinking you, you of the movie combined. The Great Outdoors. Combined, sure. Okay. I combined the movie The Great Outdoors with the video. Now, The Great Outdoors okay. has like, that's John Candy and Dan Aykroyd, yeah. but it has like one of the worst subplots ever is where John Candy's son has this like uh, fling 
summer love with someone who who lives in the resort or works in the resort and it's yep. terrible like just mm-hmm. terrible acting terrible story just everything about it was awful but for some reason i kept thinking the scenes from that were were also in the video so um i was surprised that there was no summer scenes in the video like it yeah it's supposed to be summer because he's wearing a tank top but that's all we got it's in black and white he's doing donuts but it's like there's no sign of the sun it's just dark, black yeah. and white or whatever. <laughs> but um, my favorite part of the video is when he's shooting pool mm-hmm. and he keeps looking over at the girl who's come in and she's clearly with the guy who's a jerk. He's kind of pulling at her her shirt and and there's a, there's hints that he's, I don't know if he's abusive, but that he's he's not a good guy. He's not treating her right, just what we're saying. Exactly. And that's like a classic trope. Of these music videos. She looks at Richard Marks. She grabs two beer bottles. And then just leans against him. When he's shooting pool. And then sits. And then Richard Marks walks over. And just doesn't look at her. Grabs one of the bottles. Puts it down on the pool table. Takes a shot. And then looks over at her and smiles. And like that is an incredible scene. In terms of like. There's like flirtation. There's a like response, and it's like, oh, he's not gonna look at her. Then he smiles, this sort of great smile. I realize Richard Marks is a pretty good. A- he's a good m- actor, or at least he's a good mime actor. Well, a good music video actor, yeah. Yeah, maybe not a mime actor, but he's got like <laughs> well, all the sort of like, uh, yeah. He he was missing the face paint in the, uh, you know, you can't. You, our listeners can't see what I'm doing, but I'm trapped inside a box here. You're trapped in the box, right? So mime was the wrong word. He conflated a mime. That's not. He's he's a. Uh, but he was. I I was really impressed. So he's. Um, I think this is a great transition to to talking about what we notice when he's singing near the barbed wire fence at night in the the cold Chicago scene that he's supposed to be in. Is his hair is incredible? Oh, it's unbelievable, I, and I, you would almost make this. Uh, the song would almost win me over for his hair alone. It hasn't hasn't quite, but you know the the, the hair is a, is a big uh, big factor there as well. I mean it, his his quaff is just it's unparalleled. It is, and in terms of like we're gonna have to talk to Chris Newkirk or some of our other friends who who were who came of age in the eighties about the hair because did people actually have hairstyles like this where it was like teased up like he had. At one of the live videos, he's wearing this like leather jacket, and then it looked like he had uh, blow dried his hair up, but then it's long at the back, so it's not quite like the Jovi esque. It's a little neater, but it, it is something else. And everybody in his band also has similar hair like this. So I realize mm-hmm. if you're going to be a musician, you have to have the look. I'm not sure what it is these days, like what look you need to have, but I'm sure my hairstyle wouldn't cut it. But it's amazing that they all look the same. Yeah, no, and um, I remember actually, it would probably be in around the time that uh, Richard Marks was a big thing back uh, 87, 88. I remember there's one guy at my uh, at my elementary school, and he had long hair, but the top was all spiked up and everything. It, it was it was amazing, and I, I think if if I in my uh, the mythology that I created about this uh, this really cool guy at my schools, even the teachers thought he was cool. Like I, I think I remember teachers giving him high fives. I mean that that could just be in my 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 memory of the the situation. But yeah, it, hairs like that existed uh, 
amongst the rank and file sort of uh, uh, elementary students. So I, I think, yeah, basically every uh, every musician had to have hair similar to that uh, back in the mid to late 80s. And I would also argue he had one of the best hair transitions into the 90s where he slowly brought up the back mm-hmm. and and let the hair fall a bit more on top. So if you see him today, his hair's not too different, except it's shorter, but he didn't go like, he didn't go crazy. So it's still, when you see him like, oh, that's Richard Marks. And it's hard to like realize that he uh, he slowly let those waves crash down and he also let the shoreline at the back there uh, recede. I don't. I, I'm. I'm getting stuck in my metaphors. <laughs> I think here. it's a fantastic visual, though. I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm trying to yeah. vision these these shorelines and and waves like smashing into each other, some sort of shoreline black hole almost, or whatever you want to call it. I. Uh, I would argue, like I'm. I'm still trying to win you over with the song. The beginning of the song has the exact same beginning as Roxette's Must Have Been Love, like the drum beat. And so I, I did some looking around and I found someone actually mentioned this on YouTube and it turned out on Wikipedia too. Someone had said it too. But it, it's, um, it had me th- wondering how many songs begin with the same sort of drum beat. And um, I have no idea how many songs do. Well, two anyways. Yeah, <laughs> two. <laughs> exactly. The... Uh, uh, let's see. Um, did you? Oh, I'm really trying to find a way to get you to when when you're over here. <laughs> did you listen to it with your headphones on? Uh, no, I just listened to it with my laptop on my stomach while I was eating Cheetos. Okay. Well, that, there's a there's a whole bunch of issues with that. Besides the, you know, besides the laptop, the Cheetos is going to get in the way of your listening experience because the crunching sound will not allow you to hear the intricate um, percussion production. That's going oh, okay. on as well as sort of like synth and the bass line is pretty close to synth as well. And the guitars are doing some really interesting things. So I feel this really um, gets a full experience or you'll get a rewarding experience rather if you listen to it with your headphones. Maybe I'll give it another uh, another shot then. Uh, like I don't know. Like you're you're bringing up some really good points, and it's 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 got me thinking. It's kind of neat that it's a song that takes place in winter about summer. So I'll always think of it as a summer thing, but it's a looking back, trying to get back to uh, a moment, which which I find uh, interesting in songs. I love this mm-hmm. this belongs in the sort of the song of longing, which which is a great for any sort of sad song. As you know, someone had said once, sad songs say so much. And for this one is the looking back. Um, Let me find a line as I try to find myself here. (laughs) One of my favorite lines is midway through later in the song when I think just before the sax part, which is your favorite part. Yes. Yeah. The line goes like this. Do you remember all the nights we spent in silence? Every single breath you took was mine. We can have it all again. Say that you'll be with me when the sun brings your heart to mine. You remember all the nights we spent in silence. Every single breath you took was mine. 
but my that line every single breath you took was mine was a uh, pretty killer was he performing cpr on her or like i i don't get it these are metaphors bill i'm 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 a simple man i don't i don't get it yeah well here let me let me make it simpler it was okay. like every single breath she was taking was also his breath they were breathing they were in sync they're in sync frank they're in sync okay okay yeah, this I promise you by NSYNC, also written by Richard Marks. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. The man's all over the place. So there he is. He's he's quite successful. So there you go. They were they were, they were spending the night together in silence, but together they were almost as one. Like two become one, to quote a Spice Girls song. So that did that okay, so you now like the song. <laughs> is that a declaration that you make make or um are making or is is that a question you're asking i was trying to see if that was like a jedi mind trick or or either way i was just trying to throw something at you there there there, there's definitely a lot to think about and there there's a i'm being pushed towards the middle if uh like if a 51 percent is gonna get uh gonna give uh richard marks a, a passing grade i think i'm sitting somewhere around 47 percent well, I know as a math teacher, we just push those right to 50. So um, there you go. So so we're rounding up is what you're saying. We're rounding way up here. So let's see. Uh, let me throw some trivia at you. This isn't going to win you over, but I don't want to leave any stone unturned. Mm-hmm. It was number two on the Billboard Hot Charts. I think that's what they call it, the Billboard Hot 100. Mm-hmm. And it was um, it was kept from its place. Because Man in the Mirror was number one by Michael Jackson. Yeah, I, I read that, and I think uh, um, it was number two to uh, Rick Astley. That's correct. Never Gonna Give You Up was number one on the other chart. I think it's the. I'm pretty sure it's the AC chart. So I mean, hey, it's a great song, but you gotta. T- I'm. I don't like the song Man in the Mirror. Where that's not gonna. Me, you can bring in as your guilt-free pleasure, but I'm gonna Richard Marks you on this. <laughs> no, I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm. I'm okay not talking about that one. Okay, I didn't come up with a bunch of categories, but I did. <laughs> I did ask myself this question. Maybe I'll ask yourself this question. Okay. Could this be a Hallmark movie? The the song. Yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. It would be a Hallmark movie. All right. Do you think it'd be too steamy or would it have to be Hallmark after dark? Yeah, it would be Hallmark after after dark, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So this would be like that. Yeah. So because it's, uh, you know, these are pretty hot and steamy lyrics to this yeah. tune as well. There, that was my category. I didn't. <laughs> Those were, that was your category? I, yeah. Um, I, here's, here's one for you, Bill, then. Which one of his peers do you think could have sang this song? Oh, that's a good one. I was I was thinking about this a little bit, and I came up with one uh, that that I think would have been Peter Cetera. Uh, I could think Peter Cetera could do this. Okay, I was thinking Brian Adams. Oh, that's really good because Brian Adams has that has that bit of a rock edge yeah. to him as well, but he also has those breathy uh, breathy uh, ballads. That's great because I was I have a thing here written like how would we describe his voice. But Brian Adams would be a really good choice to do this song mm-hmm. because it's it's raspy. Brian Adams is raspier yeah. than Marx. Marx has a bit more of a uh, – he's got the pleading down. He's tough. He's raspy but not too raspy. To me, he's, uh, he's way more palatable and there's like a gentleness to his tone too. Yep. 
And both of them have uh, two first names, Richard Marks-ish, kind of, and then Brian Adams, right? <laughs> so there's another comparison. There you go. Well, yeah, that's a, that's great. I'm trying to think of other people of that era. Richard Marks, Brian Adams. Glenn Medeiros, maybe? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, that's a good call. Glenn Medeiros. Do you know that? Yeah, maybe not. I like Glenn Medeiros, and he's definitely going to be included yeah. soon, I hope. Could Bonnie Raitt do this song? I'm just trying to throw some curveballs there. Yeah, that, that, that was a curve. How about Melissa Etheridge? Or Roxette. But then we'd be super confused. Could Richard <laughs> Marks do Must Have Been Love? Uh, I think Richard Marks can do whatever he wants. I think he can, too. I don't think this could be a wedding song at all. I, don't, I wouldn't play it any part of a wedding. I don't know how you dance to any of this stuff. No, no. There, there's there's too much longing. It's too much wistful looking back and not enough looking towards the future, right? Yeah, and even if the beat itself, just I don't know yeah. how you dance. I guess you could slow dance to it. You yeah, slow dance but to it. do you really want to? Like, you wouldn't want it to be like your wedding song, right? No, not at all. I mean, but you could have it later in the mix. But even then, yeah. If you're gonna pick something, I think you're gonna pick "Lady in Red" over this song. Well, yeah. Well, that's that's obvious. Did you have "Lady in, in Lady in Red" at uh, your wedding? I can't remember. Yeah, I demanded it. Did you? It was like the guy looked at <laughs> me like, "Yeah, I I need to have this on it." Actually, I got into a fight with a DJ really badly beforehand, but we in the end we got the. Uh, <laughs> they offered it to us for free his yeah. services That's and they also i think he might have been yeah the owner of the company took over That's a long story but it it uh yeah that didn't go well um well it went well for you it did yeah yeah it was a lot less money you got lady in red and you got free dj <laughs> services that's right um, i really wanted to include a joke about marxism in here <laughs> and that i this is the only type of marxism i have but i i i spent the last month trying to come up with a the, a build-up to my punchline and i never was able to get there well as long as it well what's the pen the punchline was this is the only type of marxism you can get behind or yes actually that's great okay are you okay are you a marxist i'm a richard marxist there you, <laughs> there we go okay that's okay i think that's the joke Okay, I'm feeling pretty good, Frank. I think yeah. we've, uh, I think we we got you up to fifty percent. I don't know if we got you to fifty-one, but we definitely got you to fifty. You know what? I'm 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 le- I'm leaning, I'm leaning. I can get behind this as a guilt-free pleasure. The more the more I talk about okay. it, and the more I work through my own issues with the song, the more yeah. I can appreciate it. I, I I think one of the big drawbacks was it's a summer song. I expect it to be a banger, but it's not. It's a winter song about summer. It's a winter song. That's right. Winter pays for summer. Does this bring back any tough memories for you? Like, did you have uh, any sort of summer f- summer things that went on where you're like, oh, if only, if only I could get back there? It's well, like that that one week away. the the on- The only thing uh, tough memory it brings up is being an adolescent in the late '80s. So you know, three years of bad, bad, uh, uh, bad memories. Maybe is is that is that specific enough? Yeah, yeah, that is very specific. <laughs> uh, are we ready to talk about that? You were actually the kid with the mullet. That was cool. <laughs> or are we still going to pretend? Oh it was man, else? I I wish the guy even had a leather jacket. And if I remember correctly, his name was actually Rick or Richard. 
Wow, that's great. I there there was something I had like something at, at a camp, like the first girl who liked me back, and then it was like a letter writing. She likes you. We mini golfed, and then by September I got my first dear John letter. Well, which is super awkward because your name isn't even John. So no, you know what? I don't like this song. I changed my mind. Forget it. I hate <laughs> oh, song. great! Now we switch positions here. Do I have to win you over again? You know what? You're right, Frank. This is a great song. You won me back. <laughs> Right. Well, uh, I think that's a good enough way to close this. Yeah. Well, what do you uh, think, Frank? No, I, uh, I've been swayed. I think, uh, I think our listeners will appreciate the journey that we took through this, uh, through this song and uh, your arguments, my arguments. I think we can put this down in a category. This is definitely a guilt-free pleasure. Mission accomplished. <laughs>